Where to begin? Where to begin? <laughs> the two of us have been in a portion of this story that most people maybe have never heard of, <laughs> probably can't imagine. Yeah. It's such a unique <laughs> and unusual circumstance. <laughs> so uh, whatever we talk about today, we're making the ground we walk on here. So we'll find our way through it. I think I followed you since you were, I don't know, what do you think would be a guess? Like 14, 15? Yeah, I was going to say 14, 15, one of those. Yeah. And how old are you now? I am 19. 19, okay. And you're in your freshman year of college. Yes, yes. And I wrote you a recommendation letter for your application. You did. And I think that was actually a massive help. So thank you so much. Well, we did it at the right time because I've now left my teaching job. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the same pedigree. (laughs) Uh, How are you liking school? Um, It's good. My first semester is a little bit, I mean, it was an adjustment, obviously. I wish I had put a little more into it my first semester, but I'm back for my second semester. And um, I have classes now that I'm much more interested in. So you're probably understimulated because you're very intelligent. You've done a lot of Thank you. your own education in advance of college. Uh, when I was writing the original book, there would be multiple times when I would look at a few candidates for a post that would like declare a political position or explain an ideology. And mm-hmm. the majority of times, if there was some competing candidates for how to explain this complicated topic, I would often choose your post because you had a you just have a gift of explaining these things in uh, you know, a very understandable and absorbable way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So your your work and your experience, your political journey is very present in Politogram and the Post Left. Yeah, it's. Um, I remember reading through that when the PDF got leaked, <laughs> like, <laughs> and like everyone was like, I don't know. I kind of came to bat for you a little bit during that, but regardless, I remember reading. You did. Through that I appreciate like, it. <laughs> I remember reading through that and being like, oh, there's like a like every three pages is one of my posts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I didn't mind at all, but it was interesting. Certainly, in the newest version of the book, in the 2021 print version, that's only available in print. There are certain posts that are definitely against the terms of service for Instagram, basically any community online that's anywhere, instructions for how to put together. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, treading very carefully here, um, my suggestion is that is going to be that we keep you totally anonymous and then we just speak candidly about the stuff we observed in these spaces. Okay. We talk about where you are now. So, it's very clear that. The ideas that you were adjacent to and observed in these spaces do not represent your ideas now. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, why don't we do a little bit of background bio? Why don't we do mm-hmm. that? Because I know you incredibly well at this point. You know me very well. We've been in contact for years. Uh, it took us too long to put this podcast together, but we're finally getting <laughs> to it. Let's do some background info so that the audience knows who you are. Insofar as you feel comfortable, give us your age and general location. 19. I'm currently located in New England. I go to school up here. What social media platforms do you use? Instagram, to a lesser degree, Discord, and um, Twitter. How would you describe your politics or ideology? Uh, very generally green anarchist. And who are your biggest influences? Uh, that one might be even more difficult. That's a tough one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how um, about you could do a favorite writer, you could do a, a favorite yeah. thinker or something like that. Who's on your bookshelf? Maybe that's easier. Oh, I'm right next to it. Let's see. What's, what are some favorites? Bataille, uh, Burroughs, uh, Heidegger, Beckett, Wittgenstein. I'd be amiss if I didn't mention like Deleuze and Guattari. So. Tell us about your folks. 
Do you come from a liberal, conservative, or a apolitical household? Very um, religious, conservative household. Yeah, I definitely clash with them quite a bit. Okay, so 2019, you go dark on Instagram for a while. I kind of lose track of you. Yeah. What happens in your life around that time? Why do you choose to get off of social media? Honestly, in a lot of ways, it was just very much like, it just became very annoying. My views changed slightly, but not like enough where it would like warrant me completely leaving. Like I didn't like completely like de-radicalize or anything, but kind of just like, I don't know. It's just like, what really is it? What, like, what is politogram? Like what, like, what does that entire space like represent? What does it mean? What does it accomplish? And when you kind of think about it like that, I mean, it's hard not to come away with like, I don't really know what all it does besides like expose these like largely like very suburban middle-class kids to like theory that doesn't really impact very much in the grand scheme of things. And let's say like imply it somewhere, which you're not going to accurate. Do. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. so I kind of started thinking about it like that. And I was like, why do I want to be a part of that? I can have my views. I can like read whatever I want, but I don't need to be like a part of this whole community that just like by and large, very pretentious and I don't know, pointless. It's a treadmill and it becomes a hobby for some people. But yeah, uh, after a while of hanging out, it becomes clear that you're one, not going to learn much more. And uh, two, that this is definitely not political activity. So yeah, <laughs> yeah people tend to go other ways. <laughs> I guess in a way you age out of it, right? Like oh, there's, there's sure. kind of a level cap in, in terms of like, I don't see a lot of 25 year olds on there. I see plenty of 15 year olds, but you tend to get interested in other things and, and maybe memes aren't enough or, or you find a more yeah. fulfilling community somewhere else. And, and yeah, for sure. Okay. I had a profile recently in Dazed and I mentioned, um, say, for example, a person who is very involved in political spaces and is now very active in a local music scene. Yeah. Does that story resonate with you by any chance? Uh, very deep, <laughs> very deeply, very yeah. deeply. Do you um, want to tell us about how you got from one scene to the other? Because I think that journey would be interesting for people. I will say, I think they're definitely, they're, I mean, they definitely are like separate scenes, but I think they're very intertwined in a lot of ways, especially like the scenes I'm involved in. For me, it's mostly like hardcore vegan straight edge, that sort of thing. I think that was a very natural transition from like being into green anarchy, you know, that sort of space, and then going into the scene, which has a, a deep history of um, involvement with that sort of thing, you know, like those sort of ideas. I mean, there's a ton of hardcore events I can name off the top of my head that just have explicitly like primitivist or green anarchist lyrics. Right. So it was kind of like, that kind of got me way more interested in it besides like the fact I was always kind of into the music, but just more of the ideas. Once I found that space, it was like a more of a community than Politogram, which was much more corporeal. And it was like, you're actually doing something sort of more physical, something that's more there and present. It's interesting. Yeah, because, um, oh, what is the name of the... If the Last Tree Falls, the documentary about the ELF, is that the right yeah. name of it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, do you remember the origin story was that um, they met a bunch of radical eco-anarchists at ABC No Rio. Of course. Like before yeah. a hardcore show, right? So yeah. it's kind of interesting now looking at, you know, how this story or how this arc of politicization tracks for the digital era where mm -hmm. you were primed for these ideas through a you know, non-contiguous online community. And then you move somewhere else where there was a physical scene for you to become integrated into that then shared a lot of those ideas. And it, it kind of makes sense. There's still a parallel here, you know, a few decades in between, but um, the story roughly tracks. Yeah, you bet. And I mean, like a couple of nights ago, I was at a hardcore show and like me and like two other guys who I barely know, we started talking about like all this different theory, like this green anarchist theory. And it's just like, we barely know each other, but I mean, it's kind of like a it's a thing where once you get involved in that sort of space, you know, there's a lot of people there, but a lot of them share very similar ideas. 
because I, I think when I was like involved in Politogram and more online spaces, I kind of viewed it as this extremely exclusive thing. Barely anybody knew about what I was talking about and barely anybody could understand it. So I had this duty to explain it, which is part of the allure to it, right? Because it's kind of like, oh, wow, I'm like in the know. But getting out there and sort of getting involved in, you know, hardcore and everything else that, that comes with kind of showing me, you know, while these ideas certainly aren't very common still, I mean, there's people who just live regular lives and harbor them, you know? Do you feel like your political meme, political community consumption in terms of scrolling a media feed has been in some ways replaced by having encyclopedic knowledge about a music scene? I think, yeah, I think in a lot of ways it kind of like, it's not like my interest in theory has, it's not like it's like gone away, not by any stretch of the imagination. It's still something that's very important to me. It's it's almost like it's it's been usurped as my primary interest by, you know, this, which I think is very intertwined with everything theory and politics and whatever you want to call it. On that topic, though, let me ask you a little bit about your media consumption, because I'm curious about how much news you consume now, whether you find that relevant. I understand you're much less active on social media. So maybe maybe the answer for some of these questions is just, no, I don't follow that anymore. Do you get your news from a specific journalist, content creator, influencer, what have you? What are your sources of info and news right now? I don't really keep up with the news that much. Well, when I, when I, well, it's not that I don't keep up the news per se. It's that I don't really follow it actively and kind of anything I get is just kind of like, I just happen to come across it. Like, I don't know, like sometimes on my phone, I'll get like a notification for some random headline and I'm like, okay, there's that. I don't like really follow anyone on like YouTube or Instagram or anything like that, where it's kind of just like, whatever comes to me, comes to me. How about platforms? You're on Instagram, mm-hmm. YouTube. Are you on Reddit, Discord? Uh, where are you hanging out now? Like I'm on YouTube, but it's not really for anything. Discord, I'm on like a little bit, like maybe like once a week I'll check it, but like barely at all. All the political spaces on there are just like they become. E- they're even worse than Twitter, in my opinion. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's 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 whole thing. It's this whole thing. I kind of tend to avoid it. Um, yeah, social media has kind of just been like a lot of it. I've just kind of left. Reddit, I like lurk sometimes, but not really anything political. Mostly, I just kind of stick to Instagram because that's where all my friends are. I can keep up with them and I can keep up with like, you know, I follow some political accounts, obviously. By and large, that's pretty much it. What percentage of your feed is political content now? Is it like, is it 25% people from Politogram? Is it uh, 50%? What's the ratio, do you imagine? So for like political content, I'd probably say it's like probably about a quarter, like 25%. But a lot of that isn't Politogram. A lot of that's like, just like zine distro, stuff like that, like radical bookshops, you know, just stuff that actually kind of, <laughs> in my opinion, matters a little more. I will say this because you'll find this interesting. There's a kid at my school who is like extremely active in politogram, like the left wing sphere of it, and like has like a big following. And I go to a very small school. We can cut that out if you want. But like I go to a very small school. And so it's just like very interesting to see this kid who actually lived in my hall for a while. Who is like, it's like, huh, you're like the person for politogram. I know you. It's weird. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It does create funny networks. Yeah, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, I've, I've kept up with, um, with some of our friends, you know, yeah, people that both of us have met and, you know, it has been, um, it's a weird way to start a friendship, but you know, now I look back on it and it's like, this is, I've known this person for years and we've actually spoken a bunch and yeah. uh, I've been there through different phases of their life and they've, they've moved and they've changed schools and all these types of things. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. I guess that is part of the project now is just understanding like the level of radical material that people are exposed to online and then what the rest of their lives are like, mm-hmm. because uh, in most cases, I think many adults 
were surprised when they saw the level of radical material that you were exposed to so early? Because to be honest, many of them had never looked at that themselves. Yeah. So what is interesting now is to see how people live their lives after, you know, quote, quote, de-radicalizing. And I, that's a little bit of a disingenuous description for it. it. Maybe it's the wrong choice of words, but there are certainly spaces that both of us were uh, privy to, observers of, that were very extreme oh, at yeah. a certain point of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and now it's like, you know, how do you, <laughs> it's almost like when you return from war and you have to adjust to civilian life or something like that. Like I was mm-hmm. a poster in the great meme war and now <laughs> I'm back and I have a family and a job and a car and uh, a mortgage or, you know, what is life like after? It's, it's very weird. Already, I will say it's kind of difficult to like, it was even difficult before I even like turned 18 and got more independence. It was even difficult in high school, but it is difficult to like reconcile a lot of like the beliefs and views that I hold with like, I don't know, the fact I'm attending like a university and the fact that I'm like having to get a job and the fact that I have to like, I don't know, just sort of facing the rest of your life when you think the things that I do and so many people in my generation, whether or not they even really recognize they believe it, believe. I don't know, when you have such an opposition to like, I don't know, something so basic like work, like when you're anti-work, which like I'd say it's a pretty accurate descriptor for me, you know, it's like, how do you reconcile the fact that, well, you have to work the rest of your life pretty much to be able to live, right? you know, like, and especially for some of my age, because we're facing down where it's like, oh yeah, you're probably not going to be able to afford like a proper house like your parents could. You're probably not going to be able to um, retire at like 60, like your parents and grandparents probably will, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's a whole thing. I'm going to choose my words carefully here because this interview is going to be published to Patreon. And part of the constant worry and anxiety about doing this work is that um, we are brushing up against balancing very delicately on the terms of service. At the end of the book, there are diagrams for how to assemble improvised Mm -hmm. explosive devices. There are instructions distributed to teenagers for how to make bombs alongside radical eco-extremist material from mm-hmm. real world currently existing terrorist groups. Yeah. That was a very common thing in a few of the communities that we were both, I don't want to say participants, but we observed in a contained period of 2017 to 18. Yeah. Let's say. Could you tell us what it was like to be inside those communities? It's kind of difficult to like, think about it in terms like that because it's like when you're when you're there it just seems something about it it's i think a lot of times when people talk about this sort of thing i think it gains this level of mystique where it's like i don't know it's all like under the dark it didn't really feel that weird at the time it didn't it didn't feel like and i think a lot of that was for the fact that for me it was kind of like a slow descent so to speak where i went from like you know being like a liberal to being like I don't know, like a Bernie progressive to being like a socialist to being a communist and then to being sort of like a green anarchist and being involved in the circles. So what would you say the time was on that? Is that six months? Is it a year and a half? How long? It probably took about a year. I was kind of floating around like communism for a while. Even after that, I kind of like formally moved past that. I mean, it was still like extremely, I mean, most of my friends, even to this day are like still communists. And like, I still have like, I mean, I get in arguments all the time with friends about whether or not I'm a communist. Because <laughs> they're like, you're a communist. You believe everything in communist beliefs. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm an anarchist. So, you know, but but it was kind of just like a slow descent into that sort of sphere where it just kind of felt like I had a lot of friends who were turning in at the same time as me. You know, I don't really think I was necessarily like 
as influenced by them, I think around this all around the same time, he kind of got more into like the nihilistic scope of things, especially like after a couple of years under the administration when the climate stuff really started to ramp up. I think it's just part and parcel that people have accepted that there's no like turning back on climate change. Like I think it, I, that used to be a radical argument. Desert used to be like a radical book. Like that used to be something that like, I don't know, like I had gotten constant arguments of people about even like of in green anarchist circles about like, oh, well, we can't reverse climate change. Like this is like, we, we're too far gone. Nowadays, that's just like, it's just a like common accepted fact. You can turn on CNN and probably see somebody talking about that today. So I think it was just like, being involved in that was very, it was, it was depressive in a lot of ways. It was sad because I think that, uh, I'm not saying it's incorrect per se. I'm not saying a lot of those ideas presented were incorrect, but I think it was, it's fundamentally sad. It's fundamentally like a sad thing to have to face your future and have it be so like despairingly bad. Believing that that sort of like action you were talking about is like the best course to take where, you know, like, I don't know, like, like, I don't know, like we're talking like Ted level stuff here. Like to think that sort of thing is like the only hope left. And even that's not very hopeful in a lot of the cases a lot of people that are sharing this thing. That's just like almost more vengeance than anything. Yeah, you mentioned Ted. Who are some of the other writers or groups that are shared in these spaces? Um, I mentioned Desert too. Desert's one of the really big ones. Uh, Jacques Ellul, who's like sort of a predecessor to Ted, who influenced them a lot. Um, there's a lot of like indigenous writers. A lot of this is done via zines, you know? So a lot of what's distributed is, I mean, it's very classic like, it can almost fit an Instagram post in 10 slides, you know, just like a basic zine that just ex- explains basic stuff like this, because that's often, I think, where you get the most radical stuff. Because, I mean, you're not going to find some of the most absolutely just radical far in the end of like eco-anarchy, like published in like a huge 300-page like hardback book. It's going to be in this like little shitty pamphlet. And also, I think that the overall like, I don't know, like Zoomer interest in critical theory, a lot of that it was... um very embedded in a lot of this too. A lot of people came from those sort of spaces. What about the ITS? The ITS is something that when I first started getting these circles was very much like you don't talk about it, you don't refer to it, you get banned from a Discord if you even mention it. But I watched it go from over time to being like, okay, it's actually these guys kind of have some points. <sighs> My understanding of the ITS... I remember being in some Discords that were definitely not banning people for linking that material. It was frequently yeah, shared. I remember back in like 2016, I got banned from a server just for mentioning it. And then someone like DM me and gave me an invite to like a green record server, like 30 people on it where like that sort of stuff was being distributed, you know, like the writings were being hosted on there pretty much, you know, like PDS you couldn't find anywhere else. So like ITS communiques. I think I was um, in that same server. I think we're talking about the same one. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably because Back then, and like most anarchist circles, it was like, you don't talk about that. You can't even talk about primitivism about being banned within five minutes because you get called an ableist and a transphobe and you get immediately banned. But now, I think more and more over time, ITS has become like something where people are like, okay, well, actually, I mean. In those spaces, was there anything that set off a red flag? Oh, maybe this is another level of extremism. Something else is going I on. I don't know here. if there's like one moment or like one post that can pinpoint that cause like. Because I will, I mean, I will go and say that, like, I'm still, I mean, I'm still very much a green anarchist. Like, I'm still very, I still very much believe in a lot of the same things, most of the same things I believed then. It was just, like, slowly it became, like, it became over time, it was sort of, like, I, I don't know if I, if it's good to be around this sort of, like, relentless, like, negativity and this relentless, like, um, 
violence. Not because of like any like moralistic reason per se. It was more just like my goal was to protect the earth and life. My 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 goal is to do that. You don't protect that by killing per se. You know, a lot of that stuff. I mean, like it's hard for me to have too much like remorse about like I don't know like them evacuating the animals out of a fur factory and then like firebombing it. Like like what happened like Salt Lake City and like Utah and like all the like ALF actions back like the late nineties. Like it's hard for me to like be mad about that very hard for me to be mad about that but it's when you have people directly like put posting like i don't know names and addresses and and, like family information for people who are like mid-level or low-level employees of like i don't know like a company that doesn't really even matter that much and like advocating violence against them that's when it becomes like i I just don't know if that's i can't support that that's worrying and especially because i knew people in those spaces who like i really thought would be the type of person to go and do that because they had reached the level of pessimism and negativity where they truly believed that life didn't matter and like they might as well go ahead and try to do their action in protecting the earth or that they viewed as protecting the earth if they were to go out, you know? And then primitivism in general has become sort of like a thing that I think like more and more, like, I don't know, just a very basic flavor, like ANCOMs or like, I don't know, mutualists or whatever have really incorporated a critique of civilization and a critique of technology. That's like very like a hallmark of green anarchy into into their philosophy. And I think a lot of that, whether they know it or not, is from things like Atasa and ITS. I think you and I have a level of pattern recognition because we've seen the actual source material, the primary material. Uh, So we can recognize traces of it elsewhere. But it is very interesting how these ideas slowly seep their way in and they become slightly rephrased and uh, then incorporated into slightly less radical ideas. And yeah, yeah. Thinking back to that server... It was very difficult to keep track of where those people went after. In advance of publishing the book, myself and one of our co-directors for Do Not Research looked up every single name, every single handle, by hand, manually searched them to see what we could turn up about all the people. And that's how we chose what and what not to anonymize, that if the person still existed and could be found, then we wouldn't publish their name. A lot of these people are just simply gone off of the internet. So maybe they quit, maybe they de-radicalize, we don't know. I have friends from like Discord, like those, like that server in particular. Like I was friends with for years and then one day they just disappeared. I looked everywhere to try to find them and they were just, they were just gone. I mean, good for them in a lot of ways. Like, Yeah. No, no, sometimes yeah. people just quit and that's actually the best thing. It's just good for their mental health. Not good to be around those kind of politics and those ideas because there is more or less no no exit ramp for that, you know, that, that level of nihilism when you start talking about antinatalism or something like that. Yeah. And obviously the, the risks for self-harm oh, yeah. are astronomical in these communities. These are, yeah, yeah. These are, these are dangerous ideas that have a psychological toll attached to them regardless of the oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, activity in the real world. Okay, but you haven't kept up with anybody from that community. Yeah, there was one person who I kept up with for like years and years, and we were like really good friends. We were friends even before that server, but we had a lot of the same ideas. I think you probably know the person I'm talking about. I'm not sure if you recognize him. I yeah, do. I, yeah, yeah. I wonder sometimes yeah. how they are, but I... Yeah, no, I am uh, just candidly, you can cut this out, obviously, but last I heard they're doing pretty well, but it was just kind of like good. they got their Discord deleted, they got their Discord deleted, and it was just kind of like from there, I don't even know what happened. And it was kind of a shame, but that that person in particular had a lot of influence and a lot of different online political spheres the circle that they ran in was an important one for like especially discord like in discord anarchism and eventually discord fascism 
It was tremendously influential, and people who listen to this podcast have definitely seen memes by that person, and they yes. don't know who we're talking about, but they've seen their work, so it's it's yeah. floating in the zeitgeist still. Yeah. yeah, but that was a, they were a very good friend of mine, and I tried to keep up with them, and eventually, yeah, d- their Discord just got deleted. I don't even think they deleted it. I think they violated the terms of service on there, and they got deleted, and, and they, they, had, they had been banned from a bunch of servers that we were a part of already, because they, they went from pretty much anarchism to like a strain of fascism. It's probably the only time I can ever say I've actually been friends of a fascist, you know, like knowledgeable, like I know they're a fascist. I've been friends with them. That was, it was so bizarre to watch that sort of slide into from like green anarchy into like this like weird, like eco stressorism almost. I mean, it was awful to watch somebody I cared about, like descend into that, but that's a whole tangent. No, no, it's important because um, we're talking about scarce resources and rationing environmental collapse and yeah, people very quickly reach the conclusion that we've got to reduce consumption and the total number of mouths to feed and all sorts of Malthusian ideas kind of bubble up out of the woodwork and, and so on. Yeah. For some people, I feel I'm very happy when I don't hear from them again, because it means that they logged off and they did something else. And some people I've watched who are still in these spaces, uh, you know, their lives have not worked out great. In some cases, they're, they're still struggling with a lot of the same issues. Some people are around and, you know, they're seemingly much better at it. Some people went to school and then they kind of logged off and, and they got interested in other stuff. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's um, in some cases, it's been very unfortunate. Yeah, on a lighter note, on a lighter note, a different Discord server. So this is probably six months to a year later, there's a second Discord server that is these are actually two distinct groups, so I don't want anyone, any listeners to mistakenly lump these two together. Um, there is a eco-extremist wing of primitivism, and then there's what we used to call a post-left wing mm-hmm. of primitivism, people like Zerzan and Kevin Tucker and, and so on. And they are you know, very much anti-violence, as they've said forever, repeatedly. Um, but I think we were we were both part of the audience for John Zerzan giving a lecture in one of these discords. (laughs) And I always, (laughs) no one would believe this story because it's like, it's like a cartoon exaggeration of what you might expect. But the lecture is supposed to start at like 1 p.m. And then there's like 45 minutes of like tech help (laughs) to try and get him on board for discord. It was like, y'all are trying to onboard the godfather of primitivism to this new platform that barely works. And the bot isn't validating his account. And it's like, good God, I'm surprised he has an internet connection. How did you get him to do this? But um, he was actually really compelling in his talk. And I've always really admired his, his writing. And um, yeah, I feel like he is uh if you're going to get into this stuff, I would much prefer people to be part of that second discord and listen to Grandpa Zerzan, Grandpa John, rather than Grandpa Ted, yeah, for example. Yeah, and that's, um, that's much more where I fall now. Yeah, I mean, he's incredibly, that Q&A was um, incredible. I, I loved being a part of that because I, I was like 15 at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're Sean Zerzan. I'm able to ask him a question. And I think I asked him something about the Situationists and he mentioned that um, the Situationists were a huge influence on him. I was like, oh my God, yeah, awesome. But, uh, <laughs> and he did to his credit, people brought up protest and direct action. And he said, uh, you know, life is what we're trying to save and refrain from violence. And he was, he was very clear about that. He also has a history of, uh, say, for example, 
Adam Lanza calling into his radio show and then going and killing a bunch of people. So I think he's appropriately learned to caveat a lot of these things in his public appearances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen too much from him. I feel like there was a moment where there was a youth enthusiasm in his work and I don't know, maybe we're ripe for a a resurgence. He was like, I feel like he's one of those guys that's just kind of like ebbed and flowed in popularity over his entire career. Like when you had all this stuff happening in the Pacific Northwest, like the early 2000s, like late 90s. I mean, that's when he was like huge. Like he like people like knew who he was and like he was like on the news and stuff. And then like, I don't know, like five years ago, he was like kind of became like one of the guys. Like, like I didn't know so many people who like went to go meet him. And uh, yeah, I feel like he's, I haven't really heard very much about him lately. We had a mutual friend who interviewed Zerzan for a podcast way back in the day. Yeah. I tried to track him down. He became a libertarian. Oh around age 21 or so. Can you believe it? (laughs) Very surprising. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Where do you think this leads? What do you think happens five years from now? As climate gets worse, do these ideas become more mainstream? Or what do you see happening in that space? I I do think that they're becoming more and more popular as time goes on. I, I think we've already observed that. And I think that anybody can really kind of see that. I won't say that green anarchy per se, but like environmental pessimism in general, the sort of thing that leads to that and also leads to like, I don't know, eco-fascism, whatever you want to call it. That is definitely becoming more popular. It's definitely becoming more and more widely held. But I don't know if it will ever become popular enough that it will change anything. I really don't think so. I really, truly do not think it will change anything, largely because I think that part of believing the things I believe means that we're already past the point where things can be changed in the current state that we're in right now. I think that it sort of like necessitates almost a collapse necessitates almost like a sort of i don't know something bad has to happen before something good can happen and like the sort of like environmental pessimism that i have and a lot of people have and most of the people in these spaces that we've we've been talking about have so i think it'll become more popular but i don't think it'll lead to anything per se just because i think that inherently it can't not with the way things are right now in regard to the rest of your cohort do you feel there's a consensus of movement in a certain political direction? Are people generally moving right? Are they moving left? Is there any trend that you see happening? I definitely think that, I mean, more people I, I know, like even from my high school and where they're like extremely conservative, have definitely moved left. Some degree of like moderate leftism is like extremely common now, almost more common than just like liberalism. I think, think you're more likely to find a Zoomer who's described as a leftist than like a liberal. But also, I think that there's also a good degree more like a right-wing extremist as well. Things are getting more and more polarized, not in like the like Republican Democrat way, but in like kids are becoming like like the kids are not all right. The kids, like, the kids, <laughs> <laughs> things are going. You know, I mean, it's just like completely two options of the spectrum. Like a movement away from the center, perhaps. I knew like I knew kids in my high school who were like also like reading Strasser like like have like a copy of like like a Mussolini book and such kids who are like truly like into like fascism like not just like dumb guy all right stuff the the Overton window is uh rapidly expanding oh. in the present <laughs> yeah. moment and uh you know there's I think a lot of attention that's been directed elsewhere because we have a return to normalcy with the current administration but in the very near future this is going to bust open again as extreme weather climate collapse political fragmentation all ramp up in the very near future. Any closing remarks that you want to say before we sign off here? I mean, these ideas are not in the dark. It's crazy the way 
the internet has opened things up in that regard.